we are just very honored to have dads here in this place today, whether you are a bio dad, whether you are an adoptive dad, whether you are a spiritual dad, we are so appreciative of all that you do and all that you bring as you lead your families or you lead people in just following Christ. Um, you have an important job and don't ever underestimate the power of what you do. I know speaking from experience, sometimes you can feel like I messed that up or I'm doing a really bad job right now. You are a good dad, and God is blessing you day after day. And no matter what your past has been, keep looking forward and saying, here's what I want to do. I want to keep following the Lord, and I'm going to lead my family or those who are under me to, to follow the Lord as well. And so we get to do that. So kudos to you dads as you do that each and every day. We love you. We appreciate you and all that you do. And so um, we want to transition then, and we are just excited this morning, uh, we've been announcing it for a couple of weeks that we have Teen Challenge here uh, this morning. And so normally, yes, give them a hand. <laughs> normally, uh, and I know we've said this, normally we would have the entire crew here on Memorial Day Sunday, and we have a great service there, um, but we were not able to do that this year. And so we tried to work out, okay, when we do reopen, when might be a great date to have them here? And so it worked out that today would be a good day to have four or five guys come along, be able to share the things that God is doing in their lives and the ministry of Teen Challenge. So I'm going to turn it over to Brandon, and he's going to introduce. Uh, and uh, welcome, Brandon, as he comes, would you? Praise God, praise God, praise God. So uh, let's just pray. Let's pray. Father, we come humbly to you, to the throne of grace. Lord, just lifting you up today. Lord, I thank you that we have earthly fathers, but ultimately you're the, the good, good father. Lord, and I thank you that this is my first Father's Day. Um, Lord, I know if there's probably some fathers out there, including myself, that have been overwhelmed. Lord, but I pray for your Holy Spirit to fall fresh on us today, Lord. I pray for a new revelation of who you are, just how to be a good dad. Lord, help us to mirror you. So, Lord, I pray for the men today of Teen Challenge, um, that you prepare their minds, that you give them the words to speak, uh, your words, not their own. Lord, but I also pray for the congregation, Lord, that, you'll, that they will be receptive to the message of grace, the message of power, Lord, the message of the chain breaker, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, 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 Jesus. And it's in that name we pray, amen. So my name is Brandon. I am currently the intake coordinator at Teen Challenge. So what that um, all entails is I handle any incoming calls, family members mostly of, of struggling people um, that are struggling with drugs, alcohol, or any other sort of life-controlling issue. Um, and what's great about Teen Challenge is that it offers the true and accurate gospel to the hurting people. And uh, what I mean by true and accurate, we preach Jesus. So we preach Jesus as the chain breaker. Um, and oftentimes we get confused, right? We get confused on what the world considers the chain breaker, right? But we know him as Jesus. 
So many of you guys may know Teen Challenge started almost 65 years ago by a pastor named David Wilkerson. Um, and he pastored a small church in Pennsylvania. But one night he, he, he heard God tell him something weird, something foreign that we would consider foreign. He heard God tell him to get rid of every TV in his house and spend what time he used to watch TV in prayer. So David, being a man of God, he listened and he got rid of every TV, and instead of watching those couple hours of TV, instead of watching the football games on Sunday, he decided to go to prayer. But anyways, one of those nights he was reading a Time magazine about these men that were on trial for murder in New York City, the Big Apple. And he, he felt led by the Spirit to, to go to New York. You know, I think about that, and I think about how many times God has maybe told me to do something, and I'm like, you know what, God, maybe I'll do it a little bit later. You know, or maybe, uh, like, for instance, maybe we tell somebody we're going to pray for them, right? And then we often, we never pray for that individual. But I think about what if David, what if David in that moment would have never listened and said, God, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm comfortable where I'm at in this small town. You know, I'm comfortable where I'm at with the few people I have in my church. What if he would have said that? You know, I want to challenge you today to listen and then to go ahead and do what God has told you to do. I don't know what that is in your life, um, but oftentimes we have to get out of that comfortable situation to really break through to God. You know, for me, I struggled a lot. I still struggle in some areas, um, but I know God is faithful. You know, and those are, that's what you guys are going to hear today. You guys are going to hear from, you know, five testimonies about the faithfulness of our God. You know, as David said so many times throughout the, throughout the Psalms and everything, he said, the Lord, my God. You know, because it takes a personal relationship with God for him to break the chains in your body. You know, the chains that I had were the chains of, of approval, you know, I always seek the approval of man. You know, and as I went through school, I, I, the approval, I wasn't very good with my education, so I tried to seek the approval of other people that are doing the bad too. You know, and that wound me up into drugs and alcohol, whatever it could be, whatever got me outside of myself. You know, and I did exactly, exactly what the enemy wanted me to do. Steal, kill, and destroy everything I put my hands on. You know, the man I'm sitting here today, blessed and highly favored, is only because of the grace that was on my life. Today, I'm going to school to be a pastor, praise God. Today, I serve a God that could do exceedingly abundantly all I can ask or imagine. And what I mean by that, like I said before, today is my first Father's Day. It's like I have a second birthday. Today, I'm married. Today I have a sound mind, and that comes from knowing Jesus. So what's going to happen now, we're going to watch a little video kind of explaining what we do at Teen Challenge, um, and then you guys are going to hear from some of the men. We have about 25 other guys I wish they could have been here, but here are the few, the prowl right here. Thank you, guys. This book, The Christ and the Switchblade, really is a story of the origin of Teen Challenge. And it was one man moved with compassion to reach people that were suffering and 
gang activity, addiction in New York City. It's over 60 years ago now and it's multiplied the world over. There's 1,400 centers and we represent one here in Wisconsin. Well, I started drinking and smoking at a young age and I had my son Tyler when I was 18. I was in a relationship that was very physically and emotionally abusive, which led me to taking a variety of pain medication. And then when I was about 23, 24 years old, I started using heroin and that's when I completely lost control. You know, the thing about addiction is it doesn't just affect the person that's trapped in addiction. It tears the entire family apart. Um, I don't believe my mom probably slept for years. She would just sit up trying to figure out how to help her son. I wouldn't answer my phone for six months at a time and she was absolutely uh, going out of her mind. It's been said that there are two pillars in recovery, structure and relationships. And so such a core of Teen Challenge is structure. We're up early in the morning, we're doing chores, we're doing devos going right into personal studies and group studies. And so it's this whole restructuring of how time is spent in a way that's gonna build up instead of destroy. And so that takes time and it's, it's slow incremental change over a 12 month period and it's, it's awesome. Every day our students do a great job operating our thrift store. Work therapy is an awesome part of our day. Last year we sold over 85,000 items at our store. Our store and many other social enterprise opportunities are a big part of each day. At Great Lakes Adult and Teen Challenge, we focus on our retail business, picking up and working on donated vehicles, select landscaping projects, car washes, and local warehouse work. Proverbs 22:29 says, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. We help our graduates become strong, productive citizens in their communities. If I can describe my experience at Adult and Teen Challenge in one word, it would be restoration because my life's been completely restored. My relationship with my family has been restored better than it's ever been before, especially with my son. If my mom wouldn't have made that phone call, I don't know where I'd be today. I had over a dozen overdoses and I don't believe I'd even be here today. I'm so thankful that she made that call. Recently, Evangel University wanted to take a look at graduates, and so they did a study, an independent study, on the success rate of Adult and Teen Challenge. And what they found was 76% of men and women who completed Adult and Teen Challenge remained sober. There is success and there is freedom available through a relationship with Jesus. If you need help in any way, uh, please consider calling 414-748-HELP. That's 414-748-HELP. Our helpline is answered 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you call, uh, we can help you with the situation you're in and perhaps provide an opportunity for you to enter our residential program for women or enter our residential program for men. All right, can I pray real quick? All right, dear Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable, my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. Um, my name is Mike. I'm 30. I'm a child of God. So my story obviously starts 30 years ago. Um, my sister and I were put in foster care when I was nine months old. And so between the, the ages of nine months and about four, I was kind of taught um, 
about doing it on your own, abandonment, that no one was there for you. Um, you're not worth it. No one loves you. Um, and then, like I said, at four, I was adopted by a beautiful family um, that taught me that, that you count, you're loved. Um, I also got lucky and blessed that my father, my adopted father, was a pastor. So at an early age, I was taught about God's love. But then the, the lovely teenage years happened, and um, I decided... I decided to do it on my own. I decided to reject all that I knew, reject the good love, um, and uh, start figuring it out on, on, on my own. And uh, with the fear of abandonment, it's the fear of rejection. So I thought, you know, when I push people away before they push me away. And so I started doing that with my family, with God, uh, with myself. I started just hating myself. Got into drugs at 14. Um, and then between 14 and 30, I hadn't known more than six months of sobriety. Um, I didn't know how to operate other than hating myself, rejection, uh, isolation, um, just being right where the devil wanted me. Um, and then uh, due, to, due to a really awesome, you know, mistake, I say awesome mistake because God turned that, that negativity, that evil that I was stuck in, and it brought me to Teen Challenge. And it was at, it, it's, it's at Teen Challenge where I was able to finally just drop it all, just surrender just be like, all right, you've been chasing me for years, God. You've been having your arms out. You've been wanting me to just accept your love. Um, and, and that was, that was crucial. Accepting his love, accepting love for myself was crucial because I've always, I, I have six kids, so I've, I've always wanted to be a loving dad, a good person. But I, could, I couldn't get to that point. I can't get to that point until I accept God's love daily, accept that mercy, accept that grace, and then accept, accept myself, realize that I'm worth it. That these drugs, that the, the, this shattered family situation doesn't have to define me, but God's love defines me. So it's been, been here at Teen Challenge where I was able to, to surrender and, and turn my life over and, and begin anew and, and turn that old life and, and turn away from it and keep looking forward and, and really plugging away at, at, at the good things in life. Um, so... Uh, and uh, due, to, due to fear of abandonment, due to wanting to, to always be on top of the game, wondering, you know, when is someone going to abandon me? When is someone, when, when am I going to fail? I always worried about failure, always worried about perfection. Um, so I was kind of, I kind of grew up a know-it-all, kind of grew up uh, um, kind of an arrogant, prideful know-it-all. It was kind of a barrier for me. Um, so when I got to Teen Challenge 2, the, the crucial verse I stood on was Proverbs 3, 5. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, with love, it's, it's about trust. It's about a relationship, about trust. So uh, I've been able, been able to build on this trust relationship, this love relationship with God. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lead on your own understanding. It's, it's really been an awesome part being, a, being here at Teen Challenge and being able to start that journey. Um, so thank you. Morning. I'm also Mike. <laughs> um, no, I'm not from New York. I'm from Chicago. Everybody seems to think that. So, um, oof. man, if I were to tell you everything, you guys would have to bring sleeping bags here. So, um, yeah, I, I started using, well, here, let's back up. My father, I was born, you know, born and raised in Chicago to a, a, a big Italian family, but not your typical wine-drinking Catholic family family. Um, a very anointed family. Uh, my grandmother's a minister. My uncle's a pastor. My cousin's a pastor. 
So I've been raised in the church, um, you know, praying in tongues at a young age. And so I knew the Lord. I knew the Lord. But, you know, my father was an alcoholic, um, one of five kids, but he was like the, you know, the one bad one, you know. So me being the oldest of three boys, um, it bothered me. It, it really bothered me, you know, still to this day at 36. I still kind of, you know, my, my father's been sober 10 years, you know, he's now he's in church praising God and everything. It's crazy. But um, I started using to kind of mask what I was feeling so, so many times as like a kid waiting for my dad to come home, um, telling me I'm going to do this with you, I'm going to do that with you, and then he'd come home wasted. And, and, and inside it just, I, I can't explain the feeling, but it hurt, you know. So I started, started out small, probably like everybody, smoking pot, 12 years old. I mean, it wasn't until I was about 15, which I look back now how young that was, where I got into heavier drugs, going to nightclubs and bars at, yes, at 15, you know, um, and I, and I always felt convicted. I, I mean, I could remember times where I'd be out and, and, and I would just inside, I'd be like, God, I don't belong here. I'm not like these people yet. I'm doing the same things, using the same drugs, staying out all night, partying, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me on the inside, you know, and, and, and I've always felt this battle between good and evil for me so you know let's go into my 20s still living that life you know just partying and drinking and drugging and just still my heart didn't match who I was on the outside so I can remember when I was about 28 it was the first time I heard the Lord speak to me I was seeing a girl living with her we were living in the west loop downtown and i'll never forget this morning because i woke up hungover depressed from all the stuff i was doing the night before and i can remember i remember it was like yeah it was yesterday it was about seven eight years ago i was 28 and 36 now so yeah um i stood out on the balcony and I just remember it was a sunny day, and I could see the Sears Tower, and I just said, God, I, I can't do this no more. I can't live like this. I can't do it no more. And the next thing I know is, you know, it wasn't an audible voice coming from heaven. It was just a voice that just said, Michael, I love you. And it said it over and over and over again. And I felt this peace and this, this feeling just rush over my whole body from my head to my toes. And I started crying, like, uncontrollably. But it was like a happy cry, right? And I was like, wow, I never really heard God speak to me. So for a couple years, I didn't touch another drug. I didn't touch a cigarette, nothing, alcohol, nothing. But I was on painkillers. And I thought that because there are prescription from a doctor that I wasn't doing anything wrong. Boy, was I wrong. Let me tell you, those things, I, I, I believe, honestly, were, they are, were created by the enemy for hands down. Because like in that video, those painkillers led me eventually to heroin. And my life just, I mean, the last three, four years, I didn't get into heroin until I was about 33 years old. My life just went spiraling out of control. Um, the amount of money and effort I spent back and forth, the neighborhoods I was in on the west side, just horrible, bad places. And 
in and out of treatment, 30-day treatments, you know, and, and, and it just, it did nothing. And each time I went back out, it got worse and worse and worse. And the whole time I had people praying for me, and, and, which I believe really kept me alive today because my poor mother, the last year was really bad. I relapsed and overdosed. And I was, I was at my mother's house. I was on my mother's couch and... I didn't, obviously, I didn't know I overdosed, but I found out later that my mom was asleep in bed, and the Lord woke her up and said, go check on Michael, and she woke up, walked in the living room, and found me blue in the face, my lips were black, I wasn't breathing, and she didn't really know what was going on, and so we, we own an apartment building, my brother lives above her, and she went and got my brother, and he's like, he took one look at me and said, call 911. So I was gone for about 30 minutes. It took about 30 minutes to bring me back. Um, and my mom is still traumatized from, from it. You know, I can't imagine finding your son. I'm, I'm a father of twin girls, so I can't imagine. They're only five, but I can't imagine finding one of them like that, you know, and I, and I feel bad about that. But thank God, I, you know, I have a forgiving father. So even with that, even with the overdoses and the missing, I've missed, I have, it was so crazy how the Lord works because I should be dead. I should not be standing here. I had just missed a murder where I was going to cop. I had just missed, a, I've just missed bullets flying past my car in a drive-by. I had just spun out on the, the, on the expressway going to buy drugs and just stopped before I hit the wall. I mean, just the, the, goes on and on and on again. And what led me to Team Challenge, which this place is unbelievable, it, like the Lord has to beat me over the head for me to get things. You know what I mean? Like he really, really does because I know what to do. He speaks to me, but I'm like, eh, not right now. You know, so he has to literally beat me over the head. So I ended up two weeks before coming to Team, team Challenge, which I had no idea coming to Team Challenge. Um, you know, this whole quarantine thing started and I had a warrant for my arrest. Well, I had got arrested. I went through Cook County Jail, which is like the worst, most violent, most dirtiest jail in the country. So that was quite the experience. So after that, I still went back out. I ended up nodding out on a bus, losing my phone. So now I didn't have my phone, which was the key to this whole story because my phone was everything because I didn't have my phone and I had a warrant. I couldn't get to my car. I couldn't make money. I was in my condo 30 minutes outside of Chicago. I couldn't get anywhere. We were quarantined and I didn't know what to do. I, my family had given, not given up. I shouldn't say given up. They hadn't given up, but they're just so frustrated with me. You know, the talents God's given me and everything they've done for me. I just wasn't, um, I wasn't getting it, and so I can. I was. It was in my condo. I just lights turned up. Everything. My dad and my aunt came by, and they had this pamphlet for Teen Challenge, and I was thinking about it until I heard twelve months. Right? I'm like twelve months. No way. Goodbye. Get out of here. I'm not going anywhere for twelve months. I wasn't going to do another thirty day either, but I really didn't know what to do. So for two days, God was just. Sending me signs. I watched the 700 Club, and there's some guy with the same exact story who went through Team Challenge and, and just all these little other things I couldn't even remember. And I really, I was like, you know what? What else am I going to do? It's either do this or 
whatever. So I, I remember driving back to my mom's house in the city and knocking on her window. She's like, you're not coming in. Like my mother telling me you're not coming in, thinking I wanted to come, come there, you know. I said, no, I, you know, I want to go to that place called Dad because I didn't have a phone. So I was like, call Dad or whatever. And so it took about a week. And, you know, it's the best decision I ever made in my life because the one thing that these treatment places are missing and all that, these 12 steps, forget about it. Like, you need Jesus, man. And I, and I had him, and I didn't know. But what, what has happened to me in the, just the first two weeks at Teen Challenge is just unbelievable. I've been there about three months now. And, man, the Lord has just been, I'm a really hyper person. I don't know if you can tell right now being up here. So, like, you know, kind of calm me down a little bit. You know, people are like, my last treatment center, I got drug tested because of how hyper I was and I was not on anything. So he's kind of like calling me down, you know, prayer and devos in the morning. We spend with the Lord and he just speaks to me. And I have twin daughters I haven't seen in four months. And, you know, the Lord speaks to me every morning and he's like, just focus on me and I'll work everything out. I'll work everything out. And so yesterday... And I've been standing on that faith. Normally, I would, like, kind of go my own way. You know, it's sometimes it's hard to listen to the Lord because I want to do things my way. And guess what? Mike Spazzato's way doesn't work ever. I tried a bunch of times. A bunch of times. It never works, you know. Time and time again, I make the same mistakes. The enemy knows exactly a way, a way to get to you. Every single which way. It could be little things. Like, I was caught making espresso in the basement, and Pastor Ed walked in. I was like... You know, but I stopped doing that because it's wrong. And you know what I mean? That's where the enemy creeps in. He uses women. He uses your kids. He uses any which way to knock you off. And this time he ain't knocking me off because I'm just standing in faith with God. You know what I mean? He told me he was going to take care of me and my family and my kids. And yesterday I was going to see my kids and that fell through. But you know what? The old me would have gotten down and depressed and felt sad about it and let the enemy bring me down and be in a bad mood and walk around Teen Challenge with a chip on my shoulder. But you know what? I knew what the Lord's been telling me, and I'm standing on that faith, and I'm believing in him because there's whatever he says, he does. And it's just amazing being here on Father's Day and talking to my little girls last night and having them tell me that they cry to go to sleep for their dad. But I know what the Lord's told me. And so if he told me, Mike, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Just focus on me. Continue getting in my word. Continue focusing on me. And don't worry. And he's, Man, listen, what he's been telling me, I'm like, are you sure you're talking to the right Mike? You know what I mean? Like, He's like, Mike, I got some big things for you. My whole life I've known it. You know, and I always wanted my heart to match who match who I was on the outside, you know. So, man, it's just amazing, and I especially get to get up here and talk to you guys and tell you my story. Like I said, that's just a little tiny piece of it, but you know what? The Lord is good, man, and, and, and this place is amazing. I mean, like Brandon said, it's Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't know. You don't know people's... But, you know, you're not talking about drugs and alcohol all day long and 12, 12 steps. No, it's Jesus, 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 Jesus. And, man, that place, there's some serious stuff going on there, man. And I'm truly blessed. I feel honored to be a Teen Challenge because a year from now, I want to come out being like, hey, man, let me tell you about Jesus. You know what I mean? Not, hey, man, let me get 
one, two of those. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, it's good, man. It's good. You know, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. So, you know, I just thank you guys for letting us come out here. And, man, I'm just truly blessed and, and thankful that we have a Heavenly Father who forgave me every single time, who was there with me every single time, who's kept me alive so I could be here today and talk to you guys and just live through him. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. I'm Doug. I'm 50. Um, this is a privilege to come and, and give a testimony. Um, I thought and prayed long and hard, God, what do you want me to say? And, uh, you know, he said, Doug, just don't think, don't overthink it. Just get up there and, and I will tell you what to say. Um, being 50, I've, I've been, I've been through a lot and, um, and if I could get up here and just tell you about, you know, the good things I've done, that wouldn't mean anything, church. But the Bible is chocked full of mistakes and how God comes and kind of is the equalizer. You know, with the, with the dark backdrop, his glory shines really bright and... I wish I could, you know, just be saying what a success my life was. But honestly, you know, my failure just emphasizes God's goodness, you know. And I haven't given my testimony in a while, um, but there's power in our testimony. The Word says it, you know. Uh, Webster's definition of testimony is declaring or affirming fact or truth. And that's what the Bible is. The disciples, they went around and they said, this is what God did for me. And that there's power in that. So this is an honor to be able to do this. You know, I'm a little nervous only because I don't want to blow it for God. I want to, I want to say what God wants you to hear this morning. And um, I got saved at 18. Uh, I grew up here, your typical teenager alcoholic family. My dad was gone at seven. You know, I was just doing all the wrong things to get my life started. And, but ever since I was a young boy, I knew, I knew, I knew that there had to be a God. There had to be. You know, God puts this, this God-shaped hole in all of us. And, you know, some people, they, they live their whole life trying to fill this this hole that only God can fill. And therein lies the problem of our human condition. You know, God had created us for him. <clears throat> so I only have five minutes, but this, a synopsis, like Mike, I, you know, get your sleeping bags out, because I, but I'm going to make this as succinct as I can. Okay, so 18 years old, I reached the climax of, like, my party days. I was taking acid and, you know, seeking God. That's why I was using. I was seeking for something that, you know, I didn't know. I, didn't, I wasn't from a Christian home. You know, I, I, so for this quest to find God through drugs and alcohol, God showed up. 
And he's like, look, you, you want to know me? You're seeking, you're seeking in the wrong direction. So he allowed, okay, one summer day, um, I got really drunk with some friends and uh, took a bunch of mushrooms and pot. And uh, it was really hot that day, so we went to Lake Geneva Beach. And because we spent all our money on the, the chemicals and stuff, we didn't have any money to get into the beach. So, brilliant idea. Well, let's just jump the barbed wire fence that surrounds the beach. Well, that wasn't such a good idea for me because I was so intoxicated. Um, I didn't make it over the fence, and I cut the, the main artery in the back of my leg really bad. It, in fact, I, I could see every beat of my heart with the blood pumping out and I, I panicked and my friends are like Doug you gotta, you gotta get in the water because no one can see this blood so the last thing I remember I'm running down the pier with blood pouring out of my, my leg and as soon as I hit the water because it was so hot that day and I lost so much blood I had so much alcohol in my blood and the, the cold water and the hot air, as soon as I hit the water, I, I went into shock, passed out. So I don't know how long I'm floating in the water before the lifeguard sees me. Um, but she eventually did. Um, I was in a coma for three days. Um, the lifeguard saved my life. She pulled me out of the water. They flight for lighted me to... Uh, Lake Geneva Hospital, but in that time of being in the coma, I had an encounter with an angel, and man, I get goosebumps every time because I remember this like it was yesterday, because, and I know that I know that God allowed things to happen for this, this encounter to take place. And basically, I had a conversation, and the angel said, uh, this is your moment to choose life or death. And I said, I remember thinking incredulously, I'm like, of course I choose life. I don't want to die. I love life. And the angel said, well, if you choose life, you have to know the truth. And, and I said, but that's just it. I don't know the truth. I don't know the truth. And... The angel said, I'll show you. And as soon as he said, I'll show you, I was pulled back into this, like it was a vortex. And all of a sudden, I come back into my body and I see these bright hospital lights and beep, beep, beep. And the nurse comes over me. She's like, oh, we're so glad you're back. I was like, wow, this, you know, it seemed instantaneous almost. But three days, I was out in a coma. So fast-forwarding to the next week in school after I had recovered, uh, this kid comes up to me. I knew who he was, and he's like, Doug, um, are, you, uh, are you a believer? And I said, no. <laughs> he's like, well, we have a Bible study at our church. Uh, it, it's part of our youth group, and we'd like to invite you. Your, your name came on two people's hearts to pray for. We don't know why, but I thought, that's really weird. And I wanted to decline. I'm like, I don't want to go to this Bible study, you know. 
still kind of in party mode. I had plans to go out, you know, that, that weekend on that Friday night to go use. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I had this voice in my head, go, go. I'm like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so I went to the Bible study. And when that youth pastor preached the gospel to me, I knew that I knew that I knew that what I was hearing was the truth about Jesus, about him being Lord, and that I needed him. That, you know, that was the, the, the apex of my quest, that Jesus was so faithful and watching, and I didn't die, and that he was like, you know, just so merciful uh, to me. And uh, so I got saved, filled. I was so on fire for God. Uh, at a young age, carried my Bible everywhere in school. I was known as Bible Boy. and uh, So I'm going to this church, meet my wife, and this is just fast-forwarding. Uh, I meet my wife, future wife. We started out in a, you know, really, you know, said we're going we're gonna to give our marriage to God. We're going to have a lot of kids. We wanted 10 kids. Um, we ended up with 11 and uh, 20 years. So, you know, this Father's Day, I can kind of look. You know, Father's Day is always this day for me, like, oh, boy. You know, I just kind of almost want to forget it, but at times, you know, uh, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So through this, and I need to tell you this because there, maybe there's someone here that needs to hear this. We have to remember where we come from, what God does, brings us out of our ignorance and our darkness. We have to remember where we, we, we're not supposed to live back there anymore, but we need to remember where he brings us out of. And um, one thing that I am at fault for, and I'm confessing this, is that I got really complacent over the years. Um, you know, here at 50, I'm in Teen Challenge trying to get things right and trying to figure things out. Um, if, if my testimony can, can kind of shine light on, hey, one, once you know the love of God and you know he's real in your life, hang on to it. You don't ever, like, just take things for granted. I started finding my identity in all the wrong things other than Jesus the beautiful wife with the big family and the homeschoolers and the coach of this and doing all this. My life was so busy that God is like, you know what, Doug? I've blessed you, but I got to take it all away because you're not, you're, you're, you're not finding your identity in me. And that was a hard thing. Like Job, I, uh, I lost everything because of drinking. I started you know, drinking just at night to kind of wind down. I, you know, I was, had a busy life. But that drinking really uh, escalated. And after 20 years of marriage, uh, my wife left me. And um, it's been about 11, almost 12 years now that I have not been with my family. And in those 10 years, now all the, the, you know, the drinking became like a drinking to like self-medicate and to inadvertently like commit suicide. It just is a hard road. But God spared me so many times, people. 
um, you know, he's like, I, I got you. And through all of this, uh, this kind of walking in the wilderness, God's saying, okay, are you ready? Are you ready just to, to give it over, you know? And that's how I found myself back at Teen Challenge. Uh, when I first got divorced, I, I checked in, and I was there 18 months, uh, about eight years ago. And uh, so I'm back. You know, I stayed sober after I was there. But thank God for Teen Challenge, and thank God that there's uh, programs like this that are not going to compromise, that, uh, you know, I've been through all the secular stuff, and I'm going to tell you, like, these guys will, there's nothing there that, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. There is nothing. You know, the only answer is Jesus. That That's it. And I'm so glad I'm, I'm in a place where I can just get saturated with... Uh, just getting in the word, getting preaching, having brothers around me that are going to hold me accountable. Um, it's precious. It really is. You know, back in 91 when I was in the church and uh, we had Teen Challenge come to our church. And um, and I remember thinking, oh, thank goodness. I'm not one of those guys up there. Thank goodness. Well, be careful. Be careful because... You know, how many years later was I one that's standing up here right now giving my testimony about the mess that I made and that how good Jesus is, you know? Um, Jesus really, really has been good to me. And my mess, it's my message, you know? I wish that, uh, you know, I could have it all figured out, but, but I don't. And it, where, where I'm weak and I fall short... God is good, and that's what I'm testifying. God is real, people. You know, I I had an encounter, and I will never forget how God saved me and brought me out of uh, out of darkness. Um, so thank you for having us here. Um, very much. Happy Father's Day. And uh, if I can ask one thing, please be praying for all of the men and women at Teen Challenge. You know. They're hungry. They're there because they want God. And um, we need your prayers. So thank you for your support. Hello, church. Uh, my name is Thomas. Um, used to be Doubting Thomas. I call my, I signed, started signing my name Faithful Thomas not too long ago because, um, because I am... Um, I like to start with my favorite verse, or one of my favorites. Uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I just want you guys to know that um, when I cry, it's it's really tears tears of joy because I love these guys so much. They're it's uh, Teen Challenge is completely changing lives. Um, I see miracles every day there. Um, I'm one of them, and um, too blessed to be depressed, too anointed to be disappointed. Um, yeah, I stole that one. Um, I love the verse you have up here. You know, I have notes. I'm not going to go to my notes, but John 15 here. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, you know, 
today I'm able to to memorize verses, which you know Psalm 23 this week, and it's it's going to be a challenge. But God wants me to be challenged because He's He's really blessed me with a lot of gifts. Um, I'll give my life story really quickly. I grew up in the Catholic Church. I went to church a lot. I never opened the Bible until I, um, and I'm not going to be hard on the Catholic Church because whatever church God brings us to, to, to plant those seeds is, is really a miracle. Um, and uh, so, well, so I was a server. Uh, I played clarinet. I served, I served at weddings. I served at funerals. Um, I, I just, I loved this, the song. We have songwriters. We have musicians at Teen Challenge. I'm a writer. I, I write everything down, and I'm, you know, it's, it's just, I feel the Holy Spirit move every single day in that house and, and in the chapel and in the, in the greenhouse. The other day we got completed a, a 1,000 mums. We transplanted 1,000 mums, for, and those are going to be going. F- Nikki Cruz will be at our banquet this year, and he's a very famous author, um, you know, part of our, um, the very beginnings of Adult and Teen Challenge. Well, those mums are kind of a fundraiser, and they're, they were about this big when we planted them. Now they're about this big, and it's only been two weeks, so we must be doing something right. And when we got done with that project, I opened up Max Lucado's uh, Grace for the Moment Daily Meditation. For some reason, I started at January 31st, and I turned the page. January 31st was very phenomenal. I don't remember it, but I turned the page to February 1st, and it said, um, the green, uh, our heart is a greenhouse, basically. And he was talking about how God... Um, is just, you know, we're sowing seeds. Are we sowing seeds of love? You know, what, what are the seeds that God has planted in us, and what, what, are, what are the fruits that we're bringing forth? Um, you know, I, I just, one of the songs, I'm 52, I think. I'll be 53, 52 or 53 next month, August, actually. And I lost my father when he was 51, um, so that, that year was was a really hard year. When I thought, you know, why am I still here? Um, you, and and I, I know God has huge plans for me because when I was a child, not only was I a server and a musician and a writer and and an artist, and I, I just I just loved my parents to. to to death, but you know, to have a father come home, like Michael was saying, it was you didn't know what to expect. Um, he was really a wonderful father, but he just he had a way of breaking our hearts when when you you didn't know if he was going to come home sober or drunk. He worked for Schlitz, so that didn't help. Um, you know, I love that man to death, and I and I miss him a lot, and I do talk to him. Uh, my father in heaven. You know, when I say the prayer, I, I always think of my father, and I think of my father, God, who's protected me all these times. Uh, I came into Teen Challenge with a broken wing. You know, I, I broke my arm and a, um, a shoulder. I was in a blackout, got out of jail, went back into jail, got out of jail, went back in. It was always related to alcohol or drugs. Um, and, you know, um, 
a year before I came in, I, I had met these guys. They came up to um, a church in Wausau, Wisconsin, and I think I was drinking that morning. But I, I remember hearing these guys give their testimony, and I went back, and I met Brandon, and then, you know, went back out and kept just doing what I was doing. God was calling me that day pretty hard. I didn't want to listen, though. And um, so I kept in touch with Brandon while I was in jail. Um, and I knew I was going to be coming here because I couldn't stop, you know, and, and I was going to die out there. Um, so one of the things I did, one of my careers, one of this Holy Spirit's gifts that I have is um, I'm a servant. Um, I believe I'm a teacher. I have done some teaching, and I, I just love it. I, I love the feeling of, you know, it's like looking at those plants, and you watch children grow. You watch it get stronger, and I want to be a person who they can depend on and, and look to and, and, and learn about God and learn how and why is, why is God um, so faithful and, and, you know, to forgive us and um, God's grace is sufficient, you know, and, and that's a, that's a really hard thing to, to understand. You know, we're taught in uh, Teen Challenge to really, you know, to really spend time in the word and, and I'm really grateful for that because it's, it's really changing my life. Um, one of the things Brandon said to me one day, I had gone to him, I had a mole growing on my, my head and it, it's, was started, I think it was in jail, I, it was just getting worse and worse, and it was just this strange shape and color, and I was like, God, Brandon, you know my father died of cancer, and I'm, I spent time as a lifeguard on Fort Lauderdale Beach, I was a lifeguard here in Milwaukee at, um, at Bradford Beach, I've, I've saved people's lives, but I, you know, I couldn't save myself, it was God who's really saving me, well, Brandon's, you know, I said, I'm really concerned. I think I need to go to the doctor. I said, I don't know if it's skin cancer. And he just stopped me right there. He said, you know, speak life. And and, um, and that really hit me. I was, what are you talking about? Speak life. Well, you know, he's talking about um, uh, Proverbs and and how, how powerful our words are. You know, we really have to be paying attention to how we're using our words. Well, we prayed about that, and uh, I never made a doctor's appointment. Um, that night, I scratched the mole off in my sleep. I woke up. There was a spot of blood on my pillow. Within two days, the, the thing was gone. And, you know, I'm, I still have a little scar to, to, to show people, but it's I just I, I love seeing the miracles and seeing people transformed. Um, I am a new creation in Christ. And I am very, very grateful uh, to all of you and to, to my family here and, and my family at home for putting up with, with, um, with that, uh, that other Thomas, the doubting Thomas. Thank you very much. God bless you. Amen. Uh, can everybody take a real deep breath? Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. The Bible says, let everything that has breath Praise ye the Lord. Come on, let's give God some praise real quick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Say, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let's just praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
God is worthy to be praised today. My name is Rodney. I'm 56 years old. I thank God for being here today, for being in Teen Challenge. Um, it's truly saved my life. If um, it hadn't been for Teen Challenge, I would be dead today. I would actually be dead. Many times as Satan has tried to take my life, this last time he would have, but God led me to Teen Challenge, and I am so grateful. I thank God for today. Um, to start off my testimony, um, I've always um, desired to be in the house of God. Um, at an early age, my parents used to take us, well, my mother used to take us to church, and we moved out of one neighborhood into another one, and she just stopped going, and I would still get dressed every Sunday looking forward to going to church, you know, I just, until she came and said, um, you might as well stop getting dressed because we're not going to church no more. And so um, at the age of 13, I had um, got a hold of this Bible, and I started reading, and I read about Jesus, and I started walking around the house like I was talking to this guy, Jesus, and he became my best friend. I wouldn't even go outside to play with the other kids because I was so in love with this, this guy called Jesus. He had done so many great things, and my parents had caught me talking to myself, and they said, oh, who was you talking to? And I was like, you know, nobody. They said, you keep on doing that. We're going to send you to the crazy house. So I had to stop talking to Jesus for a while, and that very year is when I started smoking marijuana. And um, I thank God for when I turned 21 years old, when I became a man, so to speak, um, I gave my life to God. You know, I started going to church, and I had um, given, given my life to God. At the um, age of 28, God had called me to the ministry, and I started preaching. And um, by the time I turned 40, in my mid-40s, I had um, forsaken God, and I left the house of God, left the fellowship of God, left the presence of God. And it reminded me of the prodigal son, since it being Father's Day, it said a uh, father had two sons. And I was like that one son that took the portion of what his father gave him. I took the portion of love that God had gave me. I took a portion of the joy that God had gave me. And I took a portion of the peace that God had gave me. And I had ran off in, to riotous living. I started living like the world was living. I started doing the things that the world was doing. I started getting caught up in drugs and women and lust and all those things. And I, I started losing the things that God had given me. I started wasting them, the love that God had gave me to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. I had turned it over to the love of crack cocaine. I had turned it over to not loving my neighbors as myself, but loving to just get high by myself. I took the, the joy that God had gave me, the joy of the Lord as being my strength, and I found joy in just smoking dope. That was my joy now. I, I took the, the peace that God had given me, the peace that surpasses all understanding. The only peace that I could find was when I got down on my hands and knees and searched for that piece of dope that I thought I may have lost. That was the only peace that I could find. And I thank God because the Bible says in the prodigal son, he said when he came to himself, and that's like there was a part of me, there was a portion of me that still understood and knew about God, knew about being in the Father's house, knew about the love of the Father, knew about the joy of the Father. And that part of me came to me and began to remind me of the times that I spent in the Father's house, the times that I spent in the presence of God. And I began to think about that. And so I had checked myself into a rehab, and I might have spent like five months there, but there was not the presence of God there. And the Bible talks about how when the son was still a, a far ways off, it says how the father had seen him from the far ways off. And I thought about the song we sang this morning, this older, never-ending, 
precious love of God, the reckless love of God, you know, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, will leave the 99. And that's what God did for me. I mean, he, he chased me. And no, I, I couldn't earn what he did for me, and I definitely didn't deserve it. And I thought about the prodigal son when he had talked to his father. He said, I will go and tell my father I don't deserve to be your son, but I'll be your servant. And I just want to be in the presence of the house of God. And that's when Team Challenger came along. Um, before I came there, I was on a mission, um, a death mission. It was like a suicidal mission. I was about to accept death because of the things that I was about to do. And um, just by getting leaving the crack house and getting on the wrong bus, instead of going this way, I went that way because it was too cold. I was too impatient to wait on the right bus. I ended up going the other way and ending up at a restaurant right across from Team Challenge. I'm looking at the signs. Before I even knew about Team Challenge, this was on a Wednesday. I had just learned about Team Challenge on a Monday. I knew nothing about Team Challenge. I had talked to Brandon on a Monday because a friend of mine, a lady that I was taking care of, she told me about it. And she was the very reason she had stopped my money. And I was upset about it because I wanted to continue on this five-day, you know, getting high spree that I was on. I came to Team Challenge and just broken. I mean, just lost. You know, I was just in a terrible, terrible situation, you know, and I'm high as a kite. And um, they accepted me in. They showed me love, and it was just the most miraculous thing to me because I felt bad because I was accepting the fact that I was going to go do something, and it would probably kill me, and I was going to accept that. But God led me to this place, and I'm just so thankful to God on being here. And Like they talked about the miracles. I mean, God has showed me so many miracles. It's just unbelievable. When I first got there, you know, they talk about the, um, the footprints in the sand, and the man was saying how at first he seen two, you know, footprints, and then on the hardest times of his life, he only seen one. I never seen the two. I think my life was always hard, and I think God always carried me everywhere I went. He, I mean, when I got to Team Challenge, he held me like a baby. Every moan that I made, every groan that I made, every need that I had, he would always take care of me. Everything that I felt I needed. I mean, when I didn't have any clothes, when I came in there with just the clothes on my back, they brought me a bunch of shirts in from the cleaners with with, I mean, they were all my size, and I liked every last one of them. When I needed shoes, I'd go to the table, and there were just shoes sitting there my size. And I just like, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, what? I'm, I, I believe that an angel brought them, but these are my angels. You know, it's just, I'm just so thankful to God. You know, it reminds me of what David said. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for nothing. And I'm just so thankful that, I mean, God is, he's, he's leads me. He prepares for me. You know, he, he does everything for me. You know, I can just sit back and enjoy the blessings of God and being in this place. You know, I've, I've decided that I'm going to, you know, dedicate my life to him. I thought about Samuel, how when his mother had him, she had presented him to the priest. You know, she said that he will, if you bless me with this child, that I will give him to the Lord, you know, and I'm tithing my life to team challenge, you know, I'm, I'm giving what God has given me back to him, you know, because um, God saved my life. If it wasn't for Team Challenge, I would not be standing here today talking to any of you. And I'm just thankful for being here and thankful what God has given, done for me. And I just ask you all to pray my strength on the Lord. Thank you.
Praise God. So I'll end it real quick. Uh, there is a couple ways you guys can help us. Uh, one, by praying for us. As you guys heard, so many men, they are, they're standing here. I'm standing here because of the faithful prayers of our families. Uh, my family, uh, my mom was praying for me to go to jail, and guess what had happened? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, two, uh, we do have a table in the back if you guys are, um, it has some crosses, some literature. If you guys know anyone who needs help, there's some phone numbers back there. Um, if you guys are ever in the Milwaukee area, you can come stop by our thrift store, um, pray for the guys. And then two, if you guys have any cars uh, that you would like to donate, we do fix them up and then sell them ourselves too. Um, our program is non-government funded, so we rely fully on uh, churches like yourself, uh, family members, stuff like that to keep uh, the van rolling. So we appreciate you guys. We love you. Thank you for having us. Bye. Wow. Thank you, guys. We appreciate what you've shared this morning. It is wonderful to see what God is doing through Teen Challenge. And we are so privileged that we get to partner with you on a monthly basis through Kingdom Builders. Um, a portion of Kingdom Builders goes each month uh, to Teen Challenge. And so we get to do that. But today, because they're here, normally we would take a special offering. Um, we can't do that in the normal way that we would do it. But here's what we're, we're asking you to do. If you feel led to give to Teen Challenge... Uh, the envelopes in the back of the chairs, uh, just mark that as Teen Challenge. If you want to give through the app or online, there is a uh, designation for Teen Challenge that you can use. Um, we will uh, be cutting one payment here uh, this week once we kind of tabulate all of that. Um, and so we encourage you, give to Teen Challenge. Obviously, this is just a small byproduct of what they are doing, and it is incredible and amazing. And so we are blessed Thank you for sharing this morning, um, and so uh, we're just going to uh, close in prayer, and uh, we're just going to, you know what, why don't we stand as we do that? We're just going to uh, pray uh, the prayer of blessing that Aaron prayed, and we do this often, um, but through the Lord we just say, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day. And yes, we will see you soon. God bless.